still have got to fill a certain amount of space on account of I flubbed up the intro. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Sorry for my low volume, but my niece is sleeping right now. Yep. Yeah, I would hope so, considering it's 1.30 in the morning. This is the life of a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, join in, kids. All you need is audacity, a whole lot of ideas, and at least one person willing to put up with you an hour a night. Luckily, I got two. And I think the music should be kicking in now. There we go. Alright, thanks for putting up with that. Please enjoy. Welcome, 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 welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and uh, welcome, welcome back any returning listeners to another episode of the Old Taco Connection. Me, Joe Face, and Pangelina. Going on and 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 on the same from the previous weeks. Health problems. Not so much money problems, but, uh... Yeah, it's getting better. Bit by bit. Little by little. So, what you got up next is, uh, something a bit interesting. Not quite a theme month since, uh, April turned out to be, or is turning out to be a long month. I say that like it hasn't just started. Sorry, recording three weeks ahead makes things kind of weird timeline-wise, but... Yeah, we got a whole series in it. That's right. Death Parade. All there for you, broken up into three parts, because we loved it. And we love you, dear listener. So, here's part one, possibly the best of the three. You didn't hear that from me. So please enjoy. Alright, so this is going to be a kind of, well, not a special episode, but this is a first for the old Daku Connection. A first in the sense that we are reviewing a series I hadn't seen prior, and not necessarily on the same level of first. I mean, we did review um, Food Wars, which was a fairly recent anime, and while this came out the prior year, I want to say it was late the prior year, I think we're like a season behind on this one, but uh, what we are talking about, ladies and gentlemen, uh, dear listeners, is Death Parade. What year did this come out? Um, 2015. Oh. Yep. uh, Mike, what'd you think of it? Uh... Yeah, uh, this is also a first because I think this is the first show that we've sat and watched that I actually just really fucking loved. 
<laughs> I really loved the whole thing. Hey. It was just top to bottom, a goddamn good time. It was well put together, well written, well edited. It was really pretty. It was. I appreciate, at least in the four first four episodes we watched, like the scope. Uh, and what I mean by that is, usually when we watch all this stuff, I feel like it's just like so big, you know, whether it's fucking aliens or giant wars or fucking all this shit or like a great journey. It's like it, they they have a focus on a very specific uh, location. It's very you don't they don't move very far from it. There's there's some leeway with all the the kind of weird sorcery shit that goes on inside of it, but it really lets them focus on the characters, which I really like. And each episode is very character-driven. Um, and they they really... And But not only about that, it's like in 20 minutes, they delve into like the what are the most important parts of these people's lives. It's crazy. It's just, I don't know, I was surprised that it works so well. Um, and I was like going into it I I didn't read anything and I didn't know anything and then I, I saw the intro and I was just like oh god this intro is such weeaboo bullshit and like <laughs> the, the, the guy comes in with his fucking swoopy hair and I was like okay that's a little weeaboo bullshitty but let's see where it goes and then and then the, the dark game it's just like damn like it, it's just such a good like setup. It's kind of a classic. Like, I mean, you go all the way back to Egyptian times, and they have Anubis talking about weighing your ass on the scale and stuff, or however that yeah, works. Your heart, against, your heart yeah. against a feather. Yeah, all the way up to like the '90s, where that fucking Albert Brooks movie where he dies and then has to watch his whole life on screen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was they did a really unique take on it. They they took what's best about that sort of idea, which is analyzing someone's entire life, uh, and they made it really fresh. Really, I really dug this this whole thing. Like I I told you on chat, I would probably and I probably will 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 Daredevil comes out. So I'm probably going to binge that this weekend, but I'll probably take breaks to watch this. I really love it. Okay. Hmm. Okay. This could be our uh, first instance of us returning to a series to finish it. Um, Joe, uh, what'd you think of this? Man, Mike did a great job summing it all up. But um, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> The, that was one thing I, I really liked about this show a lot. That it just it was packing so much. Uh, they're they're talking about a lot of really really great stuff, and it's just and, and it's such a short amount of time. I mean, they're being able to cover so much of someone's entire life and all their problems, and and just and using that as a way to determine it, where if they end up going to hell or heaven, or in this in their case, it was that they their soul just kind of just gets obliterated, or they get reincarnated back into some other mm-hmm. form or whatever. So uh, yeah. it's just all the, the different... I like all the 
the different ways that they use to kind of judge the people. Like what, in like one episode, there was the dark game, there was a bowling game, there was an, uh, they were playing an arcade game. And then I just like the explanations they gave into why they were choosing to do things the way they were doing. And then just really getting to understand the, the characters and kind of their motives and why they did all the things they did before they died. And just, I just, I love when they, when they give really creative stories to characters and dive deep into all that stuff, it makes for really, really great. Like just it, it, all of it was just great. I really enjoyed it. I mean, like Mike was saying, it looks so good. It looked really pretty. I mean, it looked just every like the the first the, one of the scenes I loved the most was in the very I think it was in the first episode when they were um the the husband and wife were kind of like getting really angry at each other and getting really emotional and you could really see that being shown in their faces when like all the snot was coming out and their tears were crying. Oh, oh god, that so, guy was losing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but but, but just I just loved. <sighs> How they how they use the animation to really kind of just emphasize the emotion that was happening at that current moment. It's just they did such a great job with that. And like the the last thing I really liked about this show so far is that even though it's pretty straightforward and you know what's happening, they're just the people are coming through. This is the this particular place is where they get judged and so on. But as the episodes kind of go through, they kind of start to expand that a bit more. You, you get to learn more about the characters, what they're about, what exactly is going on. I mean, learn uh, it's just like why are they doing this type of judgment and all that stuff. So it's just there's so much packed in there and there and the way that they kind of unravel it all is done so yeah. well. They do a lot of it with cliffhangers, which I really like. Yeah, but it never feels like it's too packed. Like it feels like it has room to breathe too. The pacing is beautifully yeah. done. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this kind of, I like. This kind of show, this is the kind of show that, uh, um, I'm not sure if there's a term for it, maybe there is and I don't know, but it like takes uh, both a formula and a framing device and uses it as the means through which to explore whether it's uh, certain characters, certain events, certain themes. And this may be the most successful, I've seen it at the very least in regards to anime. Well, this may be the... <laughs> debut of a, a segment called Strange Things That Make Jumper Cables Cry, because um, <laughs> I cried twice during episode four. <laughs> uh, was it... Wait, let me think. Yep, that, uh, okay. yep that's the game. Guess. Episode four? That was with the arcade. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That was the one that nearly... That got me to... And uh, yeah, I was thinking about how you would react to that when I was watching it, but the but me too because I didn't I didn't get close to crying, but when he's and I was just thinking about this. Did you guys see that Darth Maul short that just came out? No, was it's it? a fan made. Yeah. It's a fan made thing. I think so. Does it like end with him thinking about if he should kill that one girl Jedi? Yeah, okay, yeah. I saw it then. Yeah, yeah. This that that moment kind of reminded me of this episode with the with the fucking bitter hair, whatever his name is, mm. the white hair. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, in yeah. the way that they kind of kind of built they built him up as a a stoic character, and then who who does these 
he does this for you know for eternity, I guess. But I thought that was a great moment when she kind of breaks down, and you you've seen how horrible she can be to people. Yes. But also how how horrible people have been to her, and kind of built her into that. I mean, mm-hmm. she like just like falls into his arms, just crying, and he comforts her. I didn't know something about. It. I wasn't expecting that. I was because he's pretty. What I like about he his seems character, kind of emotionless. Yeah, you you get the sense that he's he's been doing it a long time, but he's still learning new things about his job and about people every with every new situation that happens. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, what I what I liked about him, you know, speaking to what Mike was saying about like him kind of learning and growing with each episode. I mean, it, even though he was growing and kind of starting to understand that people are not emotionless, kind of like how he was, it uh, he still kind of gives off a feeling of feeling nothing. But he's it's like this little like moments, like the one like you were just talking about with the he was just comforting them. That just it it shows him kind of growing. And I I like that a lot when they were when those kind of moments were happening when he was just uh, kind of. I think every time he would realize that there's more to people than he thinks, his his eyes would kind of like open up for a quick second, or his like he would kind of his hands would tighten up a little bit. They would focus on that for yeah. a second. So uh, I loved how they kind of did that in a very subtle way to kind of show you that he's learning and he's understanding and he's growing with uh, as with every person that he encounters, and they just oh, they did it in such a great way. Yeah. Well, there's um, Jeff- something. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, what was your saying, what made you cry about that episode, or wanted to? Um, oh, okay. Uh, Joe, did you want to guess? Was it the scene with um, with the the kid who committed suicide, and the whole thing with his, his mom, or was it that scene, or no? So, uh, there were two, and I guess uh, Mike had it right the first time, where they both kind of fall into the bartender's arms and start weeping uncontrollably. Right. And that's, but remember the segment is called weird things that make jumper cables cry. The weird thing that made me cry were their like super special attacks (laughs) that had to do with their families. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet and really sad because, you know, it's like, damn, his mom is just, and he right there. He calls her his mama. I think. Yeah. When yeah. that attack happens, but it's, you yeah. know, yeah, like, he, like, never, he uh, never, he never got that chance to actually say it, and he never will. Yeah, it's, it's funny because um, the scene with the babies kind of broke me initially, like. Like, right as she's about to, like, get mad about the attack damage doing nothing, there's the fact that the baby is clinging on to her for dear life. Yeah. Clinging on to him for dear life. That, that's what kind of broke and opened the floodgates. But, yeah, they started really pouring out when uh, the uh, otaku's mom popped out on screen. And, yeah, I was just recovering when the scene with the bartender happened. <laughs> I mean, I felt it really. I felt really bad for the kid because he didn't get a chance to say, you know, say that the color mom. But I felt even worse for uh, for the woman, and her her life was bad. <laughs> it was really yeah. really bad. I mean, it's just lots of abuse and just her just 
And I, like, I think like this horrible pattern of abuse. Yeah, I mean, and she had a lot of anger in her when that, when that whole. Yeah. I mean, it showed with the whole scene when she was bashing, you know, the guy's face into the arcade machine, and I mean, she just has a lot of emotional problems. Well, it's it's something yeah. about this show. There's a lot being done with a little, and I feel like the defining moment for her character is well, they both realize how they died. Mm. And in her case, it's the scene when you find out her assistant strangled her. Yeah. And, like, you get, like, the two big points there, which are um, she'd probably been abusing the hell out of her assistant. And the fact that this job, which has allowed her to, you know, care for and look after her children without some a-hole to show up and smack her around, is also creating a divide between them. And yeah. yeah. That whole sequence reminded me of this. I don't remember the exact story or situation, but I remember being in a class and we read a short story. And then I don't remember if it was junior college or high school. <laughs> oh, I just let it slip that I went to junior college. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a real college too. <laughs> But, uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever works for you. Yeah, no, I had great teachers at junior college. Uh, but anyway, we read this story, and it was about this guy who who had a day. He went to work, and he just got shat on the whole day. Like, I think people were antagonistic to him, hated him. I think he may, might have been uh, a black guy, and like the 20s or the 40s or some shit and uh, just like shat upon at work couldn't get work just stressful you know and the the author did a good job of like describing like his anger at his inability to do anything with the situation you know and then and finally he gets home and then like his wife yells at him or some shit and then he just like beats the shit out of his wife and I remember having this discussion in class and it was there's a lot of issues that this author was dealing with, but the big point that uh, the teacher was making was, you know, is he really beating his wife, or is he he's actually beating the shit out of like five different people that pissed him off that day, you know? Mm. So that's kind of what I I got with with this was it's like, you know, and that ties into like the cycle of abuse, you know. Uh, people who are abused tend to turn into abusers if left unchecked. So, and that's kind of what happened to her. Like, we get to see, you know, over the course of 20 minutes, (laughs) just what made her into this person that she was. That's what I I love about this, is the show is, nothing's black and white. You know, you almost get the sense that it is. It kind of bait you in the first episode that it is a little bit black yeah. and white even though there's a lot going on yeah. but in my head I was like I wonder if this and then the whole second episode and I love it when I love it when a, a storytelling does this where they go back and give another perspective on all of the events like uh, like in Back to the Future 2 they did that where Marty goes and sees himself a bunch of times back in the past <laughs> But uh, 
But yeah, I really enjoy that. They really flipped that whole first episode on its head, and I lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, it's an interesting point, and I want to say it happens in shows like these, but never this soon. This is like the first instance where it's like episode two, like, bam, you got questions, we got answers. <laughs> yeah, but that was the and best was, part, uh, is that they didn't really have questions. Like, it was black and white, plain as day, like, she went to the void, he got reincarnated, this is what happened, she cheated on him, and then the second episode was like, no, if you look at it closer, this is what really happened. But also what I liked was, they were just like, well... It is what it is. Yeah. She's already in the yeah. void. Yeah. <laughs> we did our job the best we could. Well, it's interesting in that you you find out here and you also get some uh, more points over the course of this, but it's interesting to find out rather quickly that this isn't in exact science. There isn't like a deus ex machina ensuring that the right choice gets made every time. It's they've got to work towards this, and there are things they have to utilize in order to do it. Like, it's not just, okay, the magic power lets me do this, this, and this. There's some (laughs) deception going on, uh, choices as to when to tell people what means to trigger (laughs) trauma, induce stress, and it's it's a job. (laughs) Like, there's an actual effort that has to be made on the bartender and his assistant's parts to draw out the necessary information yeah. and even then the information they start with isn't like they don't get they get visions without context yeah. and maybe that's some of it some of it is they have to draw out the context like and be interesting you get an idea of like uh, I guess where the bartender's skills lie in this in spite of his uh, flub up in episodes one and two Episode three, he he catches the twist pretty early on. Yeah, but I mean, but this is, I mean, it's such a God in those first two episodes. That second episode was just so great. Uh, I mean, I just loved when they kind of went back to it. I mean, even though he did make a mistake, or maybe he did make a mistake. I mean, I really don't know. But it's just, I like the fact that they allowed that to happen. That it's just everything just wasn't going to be. Oh, they come yeah. in. Here's the story, and then you know, push them along. Here are the next couple. Keep going, going, you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's not like a Deus Ex Machina here. Yeah, right. He's a, a guy yeah, trying like everybody else. It's a dirty job. Very, very and dirty. It's, it's, did either of you guys play To the Moon? No, I, I never got a chance to play that. Did you jump the cables? No. It's really good. It's kind of this reminds me of it. So the basic premise is you, you there's these two characters and they uh, they visit the 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 dying, they like the near dead, like people in comas and shit, and they go into their dreams, and they like go through their memories and like fix shit, and they give them like the plot of the the first game is this guy wants to be an astronaut, so they go through like this guy's entire life. And like change shit so that he'll have a happy huh. ending to his life. He'll be an astronaut, you know. But but the end at the end of the day, they come out of you know his. They come out of these people's brains and they just die. Oh. It's kind of 
it kind of reminds it's kind of the same situation where it's like they're put in these rooms with basically the final hours of these human lives existences and you know they they work their shit out with them <laughs> and then yeah. they send into the void or reincarnate but it's it's interesting. It just reminded me of that because it's like they have the opportunity to to make it happy. It's like you know what, you guys can have a date. You know, mm. hang out for yeah. a few hours before your your entire existence is obliterated. <laughs> it just reminds yeah. me of that. It's that whole bittersweet thing where it's like we can do something sweet for you, but then it won't really matter. But for the matters uh, for the moment. I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the in, in the final moments that they are the people that they are, because I think like yeah. I don't I don't feel like like even when these people reincarnate, they're somebody else. Like yeah. they're both effectively gone. Yeah, it's, it's kind of tragic, no matter how you look at it. I. I, I did like that one. I think it was yeah, it was in the, the fourth episode when she's fighting him in the arcade game and she and she's losing and then she starts yelling at the the bartender and like saying this isn't fair and he just looks at her very straight and says like life isn't fair or I forgot the forgot the, forgot the exact line but I just yeah just love that it's just well I, I want to say it was even directed at her like you know very well that yeah. Yeah, it was. Like, you in particular know how unfair life can be or something like that. Yeah. And I think that was that was deliberate, and that I'm pretty sure it triggered another flashback. Yeah. It's another brilliant part of these things where it's <laughs> – that's immediately when I first started watching this, the first thing that came into my head was Bogus Journey. <laughs> you know, yeah. Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted yeah. 2, where yeah. they have to play games against death to get their lives back, but – it's that's what I love about this version of this kind of idea is that one they can't save themselves uh, and b the the games that they play don't actually matter they don't it's just to test their character but they don't know that everyone automatically assumes that oh maybe I'll die if I lose or 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 maybe I'll yeah. survive if I win but it's not about that at all. It's just really it 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 makes for some really great character analysis. Yeah, because it. What, what was the thing he always kept saying that the whole point of those games is to bring out to to create an extreme situation so that it could bring out their true characters. I, I thought that was yeah. great. I mean, it's because uh, yeah, I mean when you when you see how the <laughs> under most then um what was it the the very tiny girl I can't I forget her name Chloe Clower. Kala or whatever her name was. Uh, no, it was Nona. Nona, the, that, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's what it was. And how the the conversation, I think it was in the second episode, when she was kind of having that conversation back and forth in that room with all the mannequins with her, and she was like saying, like, what is the most primal emotion? And she said, it's fear, and that's why we use it to draw out their, their true selves. So yeah. That's, when that, yeah, when she, when she said that yeah. line, I thought it was like, I was like, damn, this is... I love her, I by the way. She's been in this. See, I kind of don't. But, uh, I get the feeling she's been in this for a, a long, it, long ass time. Yeah, she said eighty-five yeah. years. Wow. She say eighty-five years. Yeah, she said she's eighty-five yeah. years, and the bartender she took him on. This is his third year, so he's still pretty new at it. 
I love that. Her and the bartender, it just seems like they've been doing it, or they're just used to it, you know? But mm-hmm. then I feel like this assistant yeah. girl is, like, shaking it up. She's like, yeah. like that. Nona has that moment where where she's meeting with uh, <laughs> the fucking spiky green hair yeah, guy. Yeah. And then she's like, what does he say? He's like, you know, you never said that about anyone. And yeah. she's like, you know what? I fucking take it back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you normally insult them. And she's like, oh, you know what? You're right. She's got a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Man, I mean, well, there's there's something to be said for that in the sense that um, she is physically different. Uh, Nona and the bartender have the same type of eyes. They've got this weird cross shape. Yeah. In their yeah. Eyes. And um, some of the characters in the opening also have the cross shape. She's the only one that they don't quite look normal. Well, I mean, they're 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 like like a solid people the way all the humans do, but they look unusual. No mm-hmm. hair and eye colors in anime is a toss up. Yeah, but um, it's God, yeah, you know, I all the characters. I mean, and, and you see in the opening, there's a lot more. Char- I mean, there's twelve episodes in this season, and uh, there's a lot of characters still left to introduce, and I, I just like. I just like how they introduce all these new characters. I mean, we've only seen one, two, three. I think three, three so far. Three main yeah. characters. Yeah, they're letting they're letting us get to know them, which is great. I love that because it, uh, it they all seem to. It's like they'll introduce the character, and then later on, you find out how they connect to kind of almost the bigger picture of everything. And there's, I mean, clearly they're the ones that determine where everyone goes. But I mean, like, what, what, what? What was the point of it? Why did why was that made? I mean, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I really it, want to. It know. makes you wonder about, I guess, this world that they're in and how this uh, situation of judgment works. And that they're usually there's certain specifics that stand out. Like they say, this occurs when two people die at the, exactly the same time. It makes you wonder: mm. okay, do singles dying just? reincarnate or disappear by themselves do they go somewhere else uh, why is this here what purpose does it serve uh, we see that there's like a otherworldly subway that goes to the otherworldly elevator that leads you to the otherworldly bar <laughs> and there were other people other bartenders on that subway what's going on there's multiple yeah. floors yeah i mean there was yeah. one thing there's one thing there's that, a lot of questions there's one there's one thing that really kind of threw me off i mean they set it up like you were just saying lionel about how th- this this place is set up for two people but in that i think it was episode three when it was the college kid and that other girl that he kind of grew up with and she got the weird cosmetics or whatever but um when they died on the bus there was the bus driver, so technically there were three people who died in that bus, not two. So that kind of made me wonder, well, well where did he go? Is he the odd man out? Yeah, Does but, it only work? It seems to only work in pairs. But but that's the thing. I mean, what? Why is there? Uh, you know, why yeah, did it choose well, them? Yeah, I had that. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's, I had that question. But well, and, he might have been like, killed first. Good point. That's yeah. A very good point. Yeah. Because I think yeah. they were but saying also, it's, it's when people two people die at the same time. So yeah, I think you're right. Maybe he died first. Yeah. Well, you gotta wonder about other things, like okay, maybe like big accidents. Why is it always a man and a woman? 
<laughs> so far, yeah, it's always been a man and a woman. Though um, yeah. the um, well, I, when I uh, I'll kind of offer a minor counterpoint to that, maybe uh, when I get into the backstory of this um, anime. But um, I mean, that is a valid question, it's, and it makes you wonder about yeah. other things, like what about mass shootings or huge ass mm. accidents where like whole trains or yeah. something go under, like. Terrorist attacks, wars. <laughs> so, so, Nukes. so, so I think. Yeah. So I kind of to kind of answer that. I I think, well, how how it works. I mean, I could obviously I don't I don't really know, but uh, there was I I can I don't remember which episode, but there was some line, or maybe it was later. I don't remember exactly, but maybe how it's set up is that these people keep coming in, but uh, there's just like it's maybe it's like some sort of long pending type setup where people die and there could be like millions of people that are dying all the time, but they're kind of, it kind of, they kind of go in, you know, two by two. So it's just, once they're done, the next people come yeah. in and it just kind yeah. of keeps filing well, them in. That's true. I kind of got know the, that it's constrained to time. Yeah. This was never said, but I kind of got the, I was like, you know, they're all Japanese. I was like, so there must be like, this must be the, the Japanese branch or something. Like maybe <laughs> yeah. Every city's got their own different branch. The Italians. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, kind of like a World Ends With You, oh where God, like, yeah. uh, you find out afterlife is specific to cities. Yeah. Mm. Game's so weird. Like, based on, uh, yeah, in like, um, there's, a, there's a god. There's basically a god for each city. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. Oof. So another thing I appreciated where it could have easily gone and maybe it will <laughs> into the realm of like strange just like weird like we a lot of a lot of animes like they're really into like creating their own lore and world mm-hmm. um, and I like, I like this one I like this one so far but and part of the reason I like it is because they don't rely on it'd be easy for them to to say, oh, here's, you know, the, and be like, oh, the bartender has been Anubis this whole time. Not that they won't. Or like, <laughs> we're like, we're the ancient Egyptian gods or something. It doesn't rely on that. Or it doesn't rely on on Christianity or, or any other kind of uh-huh. ideas where he's, he's like, he's like, you know, we call it heaven and hell, but it's not really heaven and hell. Mm. Like you, you go into the void, or you you get yeah. It's we say that so you can comprehend this. Yeah, it's just the easiest way to explain it to people. So, i i have to I have to admit, I just got so excited with this that I had to watch episode five. I'm not going to say anything about the episode at all. Okay, I but, haven't seen. Yeah, it I'm yet, not. I'm not going to. Yeah, want to go back to this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to watch this. I mean, after I watch Daredevil, I'm fucking watching all this. Same here. Yeah, Same um, here. Yeah. So, um, but it's. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about episode five, but I really do think that they're going to take this seriously. Um, at least from what the, I've seen so far in the in the first four episodes, they seem to be staying pretty straight with it. They're not. There's no crazy magicians flying around anywhere. There's no weird, you know, weapons. I mean, they really do seem to be following the whole death yeah. and life thing pretty closely. And after seeing episode five, I, I still do think they're going to go with that. Um, but um, I hope they do. I really. I don't want them. To, I don't want this to get weird. I, I wanted to just get weird I mean, in a I way hope- that makes sense. 
I, I don't care. Yeah, in a way that makes sense. I feel like because I do want to know yeah. the answers to some of these questions. Like, I want to know, like, what is this world like? Why are they here? Like, mm. why? If there's something else that could happen to a soul, what the hell happens in the void? Because they said it gets sent to the void. Mm. Sent to the void. They didn't say they get destroyed or anything or repurposed or anything. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like I just want to... appear yeah. in the void or are you just kind of like, is it like a prison? Uh, yeah. Is it like fucking, fucking Superman 2? Well, oh man. What it sounded exactly, what it sounded to me like, uh, did you guys see the, um, the, the latest Pixar movie with all the, not the dinosaur one, the one with all the emotions and stuff like that? I can't remember no. the name of it. Shoot. No. Um, well, Inside Out. Inside Out, that's what it was. Yeah, and the, with that, in, in that world, with Inside Out, with all the, um, like all of her bad emotions and stuff, when they need to go to kind of fix to fix her to make her happier again or whatever, there's this huge, ginormous pit where all of her like really painful emotions fall down into, and they just like they fall. Each heart painful memory falls into this little orb, and it just sits and stacks on top of each other, and it's essentially just one big, enormous pit full of just painful memories. And that's kind of the feeling I was getting with this endless void thing, where it's just this huge pit of dark just darkness where it's just all these yeah. spirits flying around yeah. trapped forever yeah kind of like the life stream or something oh god except, you're right except bad <laughs> or like yeah. not happy yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, it's well, basically it's, what the life stream would be if uh <laughs> the plot from advent children succeeded right. yeah 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 uh i mean the re- whole re- it's funny too like the whole reincarnation thing i mean it's it's sad, but it's also happy because they're getting kind of a second chance, even though they won't know who they were, you know, well, and it's the kind of restarting again. But Yeah. Well, I feel like um, it's like where that really set in that the reincarnation isn't this person like like we're still losing this person regardless of who gets reincarnated is they do it. In episode, I found out here that um, they have like a standard closing sequence, which is just this like scene of various mannequins kind of like broken or placed in weird ways, and there's like one with like a green glowing eye. But in episodes one and three, what you're treated to are like shots of the characters, and like in one, it's the couple during various scenes, like before their wedding or meeting, and it. And then in episode three, you actually get a few scenes of the young couple on their on their date mm-hmm. within the bar, and it it feels very much like a a time to mourn their passing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like like here are these people you've met, come to care about. They're they're gonna they're going away now, and. Uh-huh. I, I guess the upside to the whole reincarnation thing, even though, I mean, it, it it's validation. Yeah. Well, what it's, I, well, it's, it's that and that their, their soul gets to live on instead of being trapped forever in some dark place. So, I mean, that, yeah. I think that's kind of the upside to it is that, you know, you're not like, losing yeah. yourself. You're still, it's a, yeah, there's still them, but it's, maybe it's there's, like, there's maybe <laughs> it's the idea that there's a piece of them that a part of them. Oh well, yeah, I mean it's just like the same person, but with 
new opportunities, you know? Yeah. Maybe to not get shit on. <laughs> Maybe have a, a better life, and they won't know about their previous life, but I don't know. It's... Mm. Yeah, there's just so much they can do with that. Even just that concept, like I, I'm wondering if if there's going to be more seasons because I feel like that would take a long time to delve into. Like, you know, what happens when one of those souls dies again and comes back, or you know, is there something going to happen with the souls in the void, or like why even are these things like this? It's it's funny that we. We're asking all of these questions, but these are all also like very existential questions that people have asked <laughs> since forever. Because some people do believe in, in reincarnation. Um, and there are, and then there are people that believe in just a void or, or nothing or I were, I guess, but I, I don't in hell and there's yeah. probably some stuff we haven't even heard of yeah I, there's just so many it's just funny that we're we've this anime has opened the door to so many questions in a very focused manner where we're talking about what are they going to do with the show but it's also mm-hmm. these questions that people <laughs> these they're also very ancient questions yeah yeah, uh, and God, that's yes. Yeah, I, I'm glad that it's making us even ask these questions because yeah. that just shows the quality. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, it's so. just a testament to the, the, to the to the writing. Really, yeah. I mean, just the writing's incredible in this. Yeah, and one another thing I, I I really appreciate too is that they're able to the way that they, they what the, they do all the, the pacing with all these different stories and i mean they what they could have done they could have gone down the direction of the the 50 or 100 episode anime where they spend literally 5 or 10 episodes unpacking one story but they they did the, the writing and the story and the setup in such a great way where they where they very in a very clean way un like unravel these really complex stories in a short amount of time which is never an easy thing to do or at least an easy thing to do yeah. good or really well and it's just, I'm, I'm really yeah. happy they did that instead of just kind of really, just kind of just stringing it out. Yeah, I feel like the, the in the like there's an extra element of skill to the writing here in that, in doing all that, we're learning various bits both about the job uh, the bartender does and the world they're in. Like I was kind of happy to get an Immediate Res uh, episode at four. You find out he's got various gadgets to utilize, and that he sometimes has to go to greater lengths to draw out these emotions. You know, there's always there's always like something more to learn about the world if you're interested in it. But in you know, over the course of that, you're getting all these characters, you're getting all this insight, and you're you're I don't know if you'd call him the, the protagonist or what, but he's getting that with you. Um, now, <clears throat> in regards to like wanting to know more, I might initially, I might, uh, might initially think, okay, let me go uh, check out the manga. And as far as I know, there is none. Hmm. Nor is there a light novel, which are the two primary sources from which uh, animes are usually drawn from. Come to find out that this originally started out as a 
Mike, are you okay? Yeah, why? It sounded like you were in the background kind of groaning. No, it was probably my chair. Well, I heard the chair, but I also heard what sounded like... Mm, might have been the door. Oh, maybe it was the door. Mm. <laughs> I thought that was you. <laughs> I thought you were straining. This anime spawned from, I guess, a film which was a collection of uh, shorts. The uh, short for this one being called Death Billiards. And this is actually how I got into Death Parade. I saw Death Billiards at one point, and um, same basic formula, uh, same bartender. However, in this story, it's two guys... And obviously they're they're playing pool to determine this, but it's the same formula where over the course of the game, I'm not sure if no, they are flashing back. I think I'm not sure how aware they are of having died, but um, they are kind of flashing back to certain points. Granted, some of the flashbacks are actually for the audience. This is very much a pilot, and. Uh, it was part of what's called the Young Animator Training Project. This is a uh, project funded by the Japanese government's Agency for Cultural Affairs to support training animators. Like, they actually have a uh, uh, agenda to it. The um, Agency for Cultural Affairs is apparently a department within the uh, Japanese government meant to promote Japanese culture and arts, which... I don't know if we have a department like that, but I kind of wish we did. Mm, we have all sorts of shit. <laughs> it's mostly words. Yeah, I want to say Death Billiards um, uh, premiered as a uh, part of that uh, compilation of shorts called uh, Anime Future 2013. And from there, yeah, I, I guess it eventually got greenlit as a series. That, I, see, I wonder if that plays a part in this being so good. Mm. Because it, it's not mm. beholden to tell the story that was originated in another medium. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is something that we see that is really hard to translate. You know, we've been for the last uh, what uh, for the last hundred years, we've seen people complain about, oh, you know, the the fucking book was so much better than the movie. It's but and and now we're kind of starting to nail it, where it's like people see a really good movie and they're like, oh, that was a book. <laughs> Or you know, or video game to movie adaptations, and it's or you know, we're finally starting to nail comic to fucking film adaptations. So, but I, I don't know. A lot of the stuff that, and we've talked about this before, that we see that was was a manga or or was a we watched the movie and it was a show. Like I feel like a lot of times, what I, my input about that sort of stuff is that I feel like I'm missing a piece, you know, like I, I'm missing something like I, I don't know what's going on 
it's, I'm seeing a small piece of this big thing, whereas this, it does feel very cohesive and not beholden to anything. It's not doing shit to please fans that will only reference this. It it was created for this medium, and it utilizes all of those tools, and it's to 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 tell its story. Yeah, there's some definitely something to be said for that. Um, like a lot of the things that end up having a wider range appeal are like that. I mean, you take like like I mean, let's uh, name some things that have that uh, broader appeal. You look at uh, Cowboy Bebop. It's just an anime. They made mangas for it, but they made them after the fact. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it, the other one I was thinking of? Some certain movies like uh, Sort of a Stranger. Um, a lot of the Miyazaki films that are really popular out here are yeah. unique. Or if you even want to, if you even want to just talk about Hollywood, like there's a reason Star Wars is more popular than Star Trek. You want to get into Star Wars? Mm-hmm. It's, if, well, for a long time it was, you just watch these three movies and you're ready to watch episode one. Well, now it's like you watch six movies and you're <laughs> ready to dive in. But that's still very doable. Uh, but mm-hmm. with Star Trek, it's like there are there are thousands of episodes of Star Trek. And there are fans of that think these ones are shit and this one's good. There's people like me who pretty much like all of them. They're, but it, it's like a mess and it's like especially in like the the end of the 90s when they started releasing all those next generation movies where it's like then they did the one with Kirk it's like you know there's a whole like canon of like seasons upon seasons of shit behind these movies um and that's probably one of the reasons why you know Star Trek is popular but it doesn't have that mass appeal that Star Wars does it's not as easy to dive into yeah. yeah, I remember uh, seeing Generations in the theater and hearing, you know, noises in the theater when Kirk appeared. And I'm like, I got to turn to my mom and be like, oh, no, who's who's this Kirk guy? Uh, is he like Picard? And my mom says, <laughs> the description I kept hearing from my mom and maybe my dad is that um, while Picard's uh, sitting the enemy down to talk, Kirk is off to the side getting a shotgun so he can blow them away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess it also didn't uh, help. Sorry, Joe, what were you saying? I was just saying, it also, I guess, it didn't help that with Star Trek 2 is that outside of the fact that there are, yeah, like so many different episodes and, and stuff, they also change the cast a lot. So you gotta, you gotta <clears throat> keep track of all these different people, and then you have the fans going back and forth, like, no, this was a better captain versus, you know, it's just, yeah. that, that doesn't help much either versus with Star Wars. Where, yeah, there's like the six films or whatever, but there's, there's a lot of consistent characters. But he, here are these consistent characters across the board. Yeah, it's a lot easier to kind of yeah. keep track of. And then you get that kind of, you understand why they did it, but mm-hmm. in concept it sounds bloated, but in execution it's not where you have, okay, JJ's like, we're going to reboot the series but we're also not going to reboot it. It's going to tie into the timeline, but it's reboot, so it's accessible. But we're going to tie it in. We're going to have old characters. 
<laughs> just shit like that. I, like it's like, I do. I I love the way they did it too. I love both of those movies actually. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it's just like but yeah. Going back to the show, it's like I appreciate it for for just being a cohesive whole, which is something that <laughs> that a lot of anime is missing. Mm. I think. Well, yeah, I, there's. There's 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 a big point to that and that um got the name here Yuzuru Tachikawa who uh, wrote and directed Death Billiards is also also writes and directs Death Parade mm. so it's the consistent vision throughout so, uh, versus okay. going from what the manga created the what the mangaka created to the anime who now has a different director writer and this base material has to pass through so many hands before it can become animated and yeah so it, same thing with novels also i mean with with uh, you were saying that with um the death was it the death billiard those were a collection of short stories is that what sorry was that is that what it was well, again no um or it was, was a collection story? of sh- death billiards was one of the shorts okay yeah and i think that it also helped too that that it was a short because with a short you know there you don't it's not a big movie where you have to or some sort of where you have to flush out a lot of stuff i mean i mean you can but it's it's a lot more focused it has to be a lot more focused because you probably don't have as much time as you would with something that's much bigger whatever so and, and i think what usually happens with like yeah. with, a, with a with a manga what comes to mind is like detective conan or uh naruto with those mangas that have what they tend to do is that while the animes are so so long is because the manga has got like so much lore that they need to cover and so much stuff they're trying to get you to be aware of and think about versus when it's just like a, a short it's very precise and to the point and I think because and that translate great to this because it's also very focused and to the point which makes for something very exciting and fun and entertaining yeah it's yeah, also it's... when you when you make a series based off of a manga or something like that it's also kind of a you're shooting yourself in the dick a little bit because when you it's either you retell the manga and piss fans off by all the shit you change or you or you continue the story and just confuse and alienate alienate a new audience yeah <laughs> okay oh, wait 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 let me jump on that real quick because uh there was a manga I really liked back uh, in high school, specifically, uh, Joe, around the time I met you. Um, it was called A Real Bout High, and it was basically just another one of those uh, high school fighting mangas. Uh, pretty basic <laughs> and to the point. I just liked the way they did it, right? So the big thing about Real Bout High is that when it came to anime forms, it wasn't a retelling. It was meant to be a follow-up, as in you had to have read the manga, and this takes place directly after. And kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Mike, where something goes from good to weeaboo bullshit. <laughs> uh, the real about high anime introduced, like, <laughs> characters from another world, monster battling, and, like... Okay, these guy, this guy's keys attacks aren't just something people can do. There's some weird system that involves crazy weeaboo bull. I got two, I got one and a half episodes into that thing before 
Mm. I just gave up and reread the manga. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars is on my mind right now because I I rewatched episode one today and last night. But it was a it was a there's a guy who did a, an anti cheese edit where he cut out like ten minutes of just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but he what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, it's he, one of the things he cut out was the midichlorian shit, hmm. where it's like yeah, it's like it's I like the guess. same. It's like the same thing where it's like you made this other thing, but it's like you added this weird part to it that didn't need to be there and somehow makes the rest of it shittier. Yeah, you know? I remember I was I recently rewatched the first movie mm-hmm. and like I had everything they were saying about the force with the sort of like context of uh finding out about Midichlorian later on and I'm I'm just sitting here thinking this is so much better without the explanation of midichlorians. <laughs> well, see, I, I don't, I don't know about that. I think there was a lot of fans out there who wanted a reason. They wanted to know why this, they were able to have these powers, and even though it may not have been no, the, the best explanation, but what? Yeah, no, there wasn't. I know, I wanted there wasn't, to know. There, 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 wasn't there may have been a desire, but that explanation kind of like okay, nobody so wanted that. This, Star Wars is space fantasy, and that took a lot of the fantasy out of it. Is the uh, Cliff Notes version? What do you mean? Of the there was, but on. there wasn't. Nobody wanted to know. Their explanation was always that this is a world where magical religion exists. The Force is just life force. That's hmm. how they do it. Nobody. That's why people were mad. Was because he they changed that, which I don't think it's that big of a deal because they never really say what the fuck mini chlorians are or what they do or where they come from or why they're there mm-hmm. but it i still think it was kind of unnecessary and stupid hmm. maybe i need to rewatch <laughs> the because it's been a while since i've watched the first three uh for yeah episodes yeah whatever four or five and six yeah so it's, like, it's been a while watch since the I've anti watch the anti cheese edit they cut out the entire scene after they meet char char when they go to the gungan <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> but there's shit that that plays really well, like the pod race without the uh, the commentary. The the guy who's like, "Hey, check it out! Come on, pod racing is cool." Uh, they they cut that guy out in the sequence. Actually, it's funny going back to it now. It's like, wow, it's like, wow, this kind of feels like Fury Road or mm-hmm. or some shit, and like Mad Max. Yeah, like, it's a really um, it actually makes that sequence like way more tense. They just hmm. cut all the jokes out, so you can actually focus on what they're doing. It's it's pretty, it's a good cut. Did you, do either of you guys ever watch the, the the Clone War cartoon series on Cartoon Network? They actually dive pretty deep into a lot of the like more of the uh, lore and the Metaclorian stuff and all that junk. I've, I've kind of wanted to. Um, I watched the uh, sort of first incarnation of it, where it had that uh, samurai Jack art style. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, before it went computer Never. animated. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get much. Didn't get uh, too far past that. Yeah. It actually. Um, it actually uh, gets really good. But, I but anyway, did. I. It's well done. I, I loved that animation stuff, and I. And I actually saw that movie that they put out in theaters, mm. which everyone forgets about. Yeah. But p- people didn't like. But I liked it when I saw it. I didn't. I don't think I had many very high expectations, but I liked it. But then the show kind of the show started out ugly, and then it sort of it got really good. Um, but I, that's something I want to sit down with. 
yeah, eventually this, go I, through. I think it's actually all on Netflix now. Or yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one of those. Yeah, it's, okay. all on, it's all on Netflix. I think it's missing... It doesn't have the cartoon stuff, the shorts. Yeah, but, uh, I'm, but I mean, they, they actually go pretty far into a lot of the stories and all the characters and a lot of the Force yeah. stuff, but, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> let me try and drag us back onto topic for a minute with a question. Uh, based on all we've said so far, like, uh, I guess this may have been like the perfect, uh, anime for the previous incarnation of this podcast. What's your anime? So I'll ask you guys a question I would have asked you on that show. Um, who would you recommend this show to? See, I think about that sometimes. I think it has a, a, a broad appeal, like potential for people who aren't anime fans. Because so I, I have a friend who really hates anime, and I feel like if I showed him maybe the first couple episodes of this, he might, like, say that it was cool. I know. But I was also thinking, like, I've watched some shit with my dad before when I was younger. Like, we watched Cowboy Bebop together, and he really liked it. Like, I think he'd probably really like this. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just so it's so well-written and well-edited and, and, and shot that I think this would probably be able to broach into some some non-anime fan territory. Yeah, I, I I think yeah, this I think this anime would definitely do really well. Ooh, shit, my power cord's uh, hang on, sorry. Uh, I think this anime is great and it's definitely a, I would recommend this to anyone, even people who have never seen any an anime at all because the story and just the way and the pacing of the of the whole show it they get into stuff so quickly that there's no the problem of waiting and really trying to understand everything isn't that it's not that the barrier to entry isn't really that high i mean and it's just it looks really beautiful too so that's also going to help as well so it's just i don't see a i don't see anyone who would watch this for the first time complaining really unless they really really hated anime but um <laughs> yeah no i i, I just i just think that Unlike it, you just seeing crazy, like, you know, really skimpy dressed high school characters or ninjas flying around or robots. It doesn't have any of that. It's just, it's very straightforward. And the topics that they cover are not really fantastical. There are lots of concepts that people can easily grasp and they, they ask a lot of questions that people already are asking. So it's something they can kind of, you know, cling on to and kind of understand. So yeah, I, I would recommend it. Yeah. That's that was kind of going to be my point too, which is mm. it's um, very broad and maybe almost universal subject matter, and I think that's where anime tends to uh, fall off with the whole mass appeal thing. And not that that's a bad thing. Anime one of the, one of the things that brings people to the party, so to speak, is that anime is very niche heavy, niche based. It's not necessarily about finding the best one amongst the bunch. It's about finding the one that appeals to you directly. Um, to again co- go back to the previous incarnation of this podcast, anime is not for everyone, but there's an anime for everyone. That being said, I think this kind of has that um, broad appeal that could be put in front of 
non-anime fans, especially if you attach a, a dub to this and maybe put it on Cartoon Network or... <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint. Tsunami. Hint, hint. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, anything you guys uh, want to say about the show before I get to recommendations? Um, I, I guess the last thing I would want to say about this is that I would love to just show this anime to a friend who I know gets excited really easily about stuff and just watch them and how they react to it. Cause they, it's I maybe, mean, maybe like a, like a young anime fan, just like watch them look at this and light up. Yeah. It's just, cause it's, it's the the type of conversations that this anime has made us have yeah. are great. And I just, I love hearing what other people think about certain things and their views on yeah. things. And, this definitely will get someone <laughs> excitable in ways I, that I mean this got um, me excited just because yeah. we've just we talk about it a lot mm. about how you know it's the whole the show is the old Taku connection and we kind of long for those days and we're kind of like where is the new good shit you know mm. and this isn't like we've talked a lot about the weird 80s shit but and this isn't that, but this is something unique and interesting and done well. It stands out from a lot of the stuff that I, I see floating around the internet or that we've watched. I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not even that it's a unique premise that sets it apart. It's just that it's executed so well from top to bottom that sets it apart. And it's um, what it's what stands out to me with it is that maybe it's a byproduct of it being part of that short series and maybe just an artistic venture as a whole. It's not beholden to certain forces, tropes. Uh, blah, 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 what's the term I'm looking for? Like uh, marketing demographics, what have you? The way other animes, especially yeah. animes nowadays, are. Yeah, we just talked about that, you know. Shit's made yeah, still you know, toys. Yeah, teacher. Yeah, <laughs> but and I, I I noticed that kind of subconsciously when the the first couple was in there, and also the the second the the bus pair in episode three. I was like, these are all all these people that show up here. Like everyone there looks a little freaky, or they're dressed a little. There's something a little weird about them, but. All the people that show up there are just normal people. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps a lot with the relatability, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta... And they, I guess you still kind of get it. Like, you have the crazy out-there designs with um, the... Uh, the bartender, uh, Nona, mm-hmm. the assistant. Even though, even then, they're a bit toned down in, in compared to what you'd normally see in the anime. Yeah. But they're still, they're still out there. They're still distinctive enough that it's like, okay, you want to get some merchandise going? Here you go. And yeah. you kind of have to do that now. You have to like cleverly, you know, work those little elements in. Or just like be completely unslick half the time and then do what you want the other half. <laughs> um, uh, let's, let me get the recommendations before this uh, <laughs> becomes another golden boy. Um, so 
two animes pop to mind immediately when I watch this based on the two primary elements in regards to the uh, both the framing device which draws out the nature of the characters as well as um, the sort of melancholy overtone of what's going on here it, I thought of an anime called uh, Hell Girl in the case of Hellgirl, what's going on is it's based around like a sort of urban legend, a website which if you access it a certain amount of time, you can use to send somebody directly to hell at the cost of your own soul when you die. And it's kind of the same thing where you learn about why a person puts another person's name on this list knowing full well that they'll be condemned themselves. You learn about what this person does to have that happen to them and no matter how the story goes in which case whereas you sometimes get resolution to a character's problems in death parade what you get in hell girl is a sort of like cathartic vengeance against the antagonist of said episode but in both cases no matter what happens there's always sort of a down at the end and uh, <laughs> you guys might laugh at this next one, but um, the other is uh, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. What's specifically that? the first part? Well, specifically the first part of the manga and an anime which is dubbed by the fans as Season Zero. The first part of the manga and Season Zero concern a part of the story that's not about the card game. It's specifically about the. Uh, alternate persona of the main character which stems from that puzzle what um yugi's the other yugi or dark yugi depending upon your translation does effectively is seek out bullies who have antagonized either yugi the original or his friends and enacts a vengeance on them through a game the game which much like the games in death parade are either directly or indirectly about drawing out the negative actions, emotions, aspects of these bullies, and they are then met with a deus ex machina punishment. Sometimes uh, the negative aspects of them cost them the game, and sometimes the game itself is clearly a means of just drawing that out to ensure the punishment. But uh, that element is consistent across those two animes. Um, the last thing I have to recommend isn't an anime. There was a, um, I'm not sure what it's called, but there was a, uh, see, like a movie made of one, two, or maybe three, like DC short, shorts based on the DC comics. And the one I'm recommending is, I think it's called The Spectre, or The Spectre. I don't remember the name of him, but he basically kind of works like a Yugi in the sense that he he's about drawing out the evil within a person and then punishing them through supernatural means. Huh. Um, do you guys have anything to recommend? Yeah. <laughs> Defending no, Your just... Life starring and directed by Albert Brooks. I think he directed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but I... But actually, something I got immediate uh, vibes, like immediately when I started watching this show, was, um, uh, oh, also, Bogus Journey. Come on, Film Ted 2, obviously. Yeah, of course. Uh, was, um, so when I first started this, like the whole, the music and the lounging and the bar 
and kind of the dark atmosphere. It really kind of brought back memories of Catherine for me. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, going to this other world to kind of play games and be judged uh, and have different outcomes. It, it has a very similar vibe where this man is being judged or maybe you as the player is judging him or you're I, I, the game's judging you because you're making decisions, but uh, uh, yeah, there's also the element of like uh, when when you realize you're interacting with characters within this world that you interact with outside and getting to yeah. see the the stress, see how the stress of the game is bringing out yeah. like stuff that they've kept hidden or wrestling with and yeah. in some cases come to some resolution regarding it both in the game and outside of it yeah the game is just so good play it it's <laughs> that's one of the ps3's hidden gems it's just so <laughs> good <laughs> it's real good uh anything from you joe uh, the anime that keeps coming to mind is Key the Metal Idol, and just the kind of just, <laughs> yeah. Well, every time, I know. every time it's Key the Metal. I'm sorry, it just there's so much in the anime. It's either it's either that it's good. Yeah, I don't know why I keep Key the Metal Idol is amazing, and we will talk about it either on its own or part of the KTEH month. But <laughs> I don't know why I keep coming back to that. It's just making it so dark and moody, and you know, it's just it's about her. Yeah. it's about accepting. You know, trying to trying to figure out where her well, her role is in in the world, and it's just. There's there's probably a parallel that can be drawn between her and the bartender, and that they're kind of like. They have a capacity to understand uh, human emotion on one level, but not another, and they're trying to break through that. Right? Yeah. God, I gotta. I keep picking that up. I don't know <laughs> it's why. okay. Do yeah, it as much weird. as you want. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I guess I guess just really like it for some reason. Uh, I think that's the one I can it's think good. of. I mean, there's it's, no. It's probably not even related, but the there's an anime called El- Elvin Lied Lead Elvin Lead. Uh, I'm afraid of watching that. Yeah, that anime is disturbing and dark, and that gave off the the same vibe for uh, for the show. So I don't know. It's very bloody too, for no reason. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Yeah, um, let me let me uh, close this out. But just like let me let me just kind of wanted to get into this earlier, but I forgot. But like that bar is fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there were a way to get to that bar without dying because it's fucking amazing. It's got like a pond in it. It's got a fucking bowling alley. It's got all this shit. It looks cool as hell. Apparently, the bartender can make bomb ass drinks. Yeah. You can have a whole date in it. So you can have an arcade machine where you play as yourself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Dude, the whole yeah, man, that bowling alley—that's like the perfect date bowling alley. Like it's a bowling alley, but the the sides are like beautiful Japanese ponds. And then you walk a little bit to the to to the to the back, and it's a bar. I mean, it's just come on, you just got everything there. Yeah, yeah. God, the pressure of an aquarium in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing 
It's just beautiful. Like the place where when Nona, like she takes the elevator and goes to like that big garden, the cemetery yeah, where she's at. House in it. Yeah. It's like I just gotta know what the hell's up with that. I have to watch more of this. It's mm. good. Yeah. Yep. Well, look, dear listeners, um, look forward to more Death Parade. Yep. One down, two to go. I uh, hope it was good. He really thought it was good. You tell if it's a death. Forget it. Ah! Brain not work so good. I'm trying really hard to get these in quick because my niece is asleep in the time frame. You know how it goes. Anyway. Special thanks, as always, to the creator of our opening theme, which I'm listening to right now. Uh, Submorphine. Being oh God, synthetic highway. Uh, if you like it and want to hear more from Submorphine, check them out at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. It should be hyphen O-R-P-H-I-N-E. Special thanks also to the creator of our promo theme, Anime Rocker. If you want it more like it, because my brain don't work so good, uh, check out Squareon. Find Squareon on uh, facebook.com slash Squareon. Squareon also makes uh, flash animations. The uh, big one uh, he or she's working on right now is uh, Project Stick Part 2. And you can check that out on facebook.com slash Project Stick. Uh, if you wanted to talk to us by chance, you know, Mike's got a show on here called Hyper 90s, I guess, right now monthly podcast about the 90s and talk to him on Twitter at Hyper90s 90s spelled out in letters rather than numbers because yeah uh, Joe's got a podcast um, NHEP Resurrection NHEP again it's got a lot of titles it's really long we seem to like really long titles and that's oh yeah it's Twitter at NAGP Returns. And in the off chance that you want to t- talk to me, hopefully at a point where my brain isn't completely scrambled, um, I'm on Twitter, at OtakuConnect. Yeah, none of our Twitter names are what they're supposed to be. We're sorry. Please forgive us. You still love us, right? Anyway. Have a good night, people. straight it through my eyes and out my ass. I don't really remember much about it. So you guys didn't like it. Well, I done fucked up, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking blew it. Death Parade Part 2.